morning. Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, something special when we have a small gathering like this, something real special about it. So um, I'm thankful you're here today to uh, worship our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, title of today's message <coughs> is Angels We Have Heard on High. So I'd ask you to please stand if you're able to, for the reading of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. That's Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east, arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard of this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you, when you have found him, report to me, so that I may too come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way. And the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. May God bless the reading and hearing of his holy word. Please be seated. Thank you. You know, as I was listening uh, to the last number we were singing together, the really familiar words from that old hymn, I was thinking that it really summarized what Christmas is all about. Those words, come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. That's really the heart of the Christmas season, isn't it? In fact, 
Let this sink down into your heart today. That we celebrate, and when we celebrate Christmas, it's all about the birth of our rightful King, Jesus Christ. As Americans, we're not really used to the concept of having a king. And so it comes to some very unlikely characters to teach us what it means to respond rightly to the birth of our king. Those men are the Magi that we read about in the scriptures. They were members of the Persian priestly caste. They were recognized as teachers and as those involved in science and religion. In science, they taught mathematics, astronomy, and medicine, and philosophy. Their religion was Zoroastrianism. Let me get this right. Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism. When you Google that, it'll tell you that a hundred times how to say it. So I think I got it. Zoroastrianism. They were pagan idolaters. They were involved in things the Old Testament forbids, like astronomy and divination. But they were also powerful leaders. In fact, the word magistrate comes from magi. Specifically, they were kingmakers. One of their chief tasks in their own country was to appoint the next king who would sit upon the throne. So how did these pagan idolaters come to be part of this Christmas story? How did they come to know anything about the true and living God? It's really a remarkable story of God's providence. This story started 600 years earlier because for 600 years, devout Jews had lived among the people of Babylon ever since the Jews had been taken captive. They had lived there and they had been told the people of Babylon about their God and about the coming Messiah. Chief among them, of course, was Daniel, who was appointed as the one over all the wise men of Babylon. He undoubtedly taught them about the true and living God of the Bible. And God had miraculously informed these men, living at the time of the birth of Christ, that the Messiah was born. And so these magi traveled to Jerusalem, and according to Matthew chapter 2, they began asking this, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews. Where is he who is born the king of the Jews, they asked. For we have saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Well, there was no answer immediately ready. So Herod, after seeking a consultation with the scholars of his day, told the Magi, that in fact the Old Testament scriptures prophesied in Micah that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Matthew writes this, After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east 
went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was born. As he headed those six miles south from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, the star, which there's, you know, as you look into this star, um, it may have been something like a supernatural, something in the sky, supernatural like a star, or probably like the Shekinah glory, that cloud that led Jerusalem through the wilderness. There's a lot of different uh, commentaries on that, but you know it must have been glorious. And it led the, the Magi to the, son, to the child and eventually came to rest over the house where the child was. And by the way, this wasn't a stable as on the night of his birth. Instead, they found Jesus, Matthew says, in a house with his mother. I hate to rain on the nativity set or your favorite carols at times, but the Magi were not there the night of Jesus' birth. It was at least 40 days after his birth, or less than two years when they arrived. But God uses these unusual characters, these Magi, to show us all how it is we ought to respond to the birth of our king. Their reaction should be our reaction. How did they respond? Well, first of all, they responded with joy. With joy. Matthew says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I love the way sometimes in the Greek language, there is an emphasis given that we lose in our English translation. Here's how it literally reads in the Greek text. They rejoiced a mega joy extremely. They were overwhelmed, extremely overwhelmed with joy. Not because they saw the star, but because the star was directing them to the divine Messiah, the king, the one that Daniel had taught their people would come make an end of their sin. They were filled with joy. And as you and I contemplate the birth of our king, it should fill our hearts with joy as well. Extremely joyful. There was a second reaction from these men. It was a reverent, joyful submission after the word of God says this, after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. They fell to the ground and worshipped this child who was less than two years old. Every other time Matthew uses this word worship, it's in reference to Jesus. It's a true biblical worship. So this is not merely the normal respect for an earthly monarch. These men had already said that this child was the king of Israel. He was the rightful king. He was the divine Messiah. 
And so this was the response of genuine faith. And by the way, the response of genuine faith is always a joyful, willing submission to Jesus Christ as our Lord and King. When they bowed before Jesus, they were acknowledging His authority as God, as King. His right to rule and His right to rule over their lives. This was their acknowledgement that this child was Lord and He was their Lord. That's the response that each of us should have to the birth of our King. That He is our Lord. There was a third response to these men and we can call it honor. Because they came bearing what? They came bearing gifts, right? Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It was common to bring gifts to a king whenever you entered into his presence. It was a way to honor that king. Historically, as you know, these three gifts that they brought have been given significant and special meaning. And the reason we have been given those meanings is because of how these words are used in the Old Testament. Gold, for example, was rarely used by individuals in those days, rarely owned by normal men and women. It was reserved for the richest of people, and specifically, it was called the Medal of Kings. It was always associated with royalty. Seneca, the Roman orator, wrote of Persia, the place where these men had come from. It was the custom there that no one approach a king without a gift. And that was most appropriate gifts for a king was the, was the Medal of Gold the king's medal. They also brought frankincense. That word comes from the old English, frank incense. Frank meaning pure or sincere incense. Frankincense is an Aramaic resin that comes from trees in Arabia and India. When the words occur in the Old Testament, it's used almost exclusively in the reference to the worship of God. In fact, it was incense that was burned in the temple as an expression of worship to God, God's presence with his people. So in Scripture then, gold is appropriate for kings and incense appropriate for the worship of God. The third gift they brought was myrrh. Myrrh is a reddish-brown resin, again, the dried sap of a tree that's found in Arabia. It was so valuable in the first century that it was worth more than the weight of gold. It was used for three purposes primarily. It was used as a perfume to make life more pleasant. It was used as a painkiller to make pain less intense. And it was used for embalming fragrance to make death less repulsive. 
the irony of myrrh is that it was used in all three ways during the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. At his birth, it was a perfume, a sweet perfume. At his death, he was offered myrrh as a way to stem the pain which he was going through, which he refused. And in his death, it was used to embalm his body. And so these gifts were perfectly appropriate. Gold because he was the king of kings and the lord of lords. Frankincense because he was God with us, God in the flesh, worthy of praise and worship. And myrrh because the reason he came was to suffer and to die for our sins, for everyone who would believe in him. This morning, we sang that Christmas hymn that we enjoy so much. All three of these gifts were extremely rare, and therefore they were incredibly valuable. They were expressions from these men of their honor and adoration to Jesus Christ, their King. You see, the Magi modeled for us the only right response to the birth of our king, the birth of your king. And that is unrestrained worship, finding your chief joy in him, submitting your life to him as your rightful king and honoring him with the most valuable gift that we can bring, and that's our lives. So the story of the wise men, then, is really a story of what? It's a story of redemption. It's a story of divine grace and sovereign grace. Ultimately, it's not the story of the wise men seeking Jesus. It's the story of a gracious, merciful God seeking them. God sent these men to find their rightful king. And he did so in order to accomplish their spiritual rescue, to save them. It's really amazing because in Matthew 1, the angel tells Joseph, call the name of the baby Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And in the very next paragraph in chapter 2, we meet some of the most unlikely candidates for a spiritual rescue. God sovereignly reached down into the paganism of the former Babylon Empire and he rescued these men for himself. He did that for me in my life. But this story is also about an invitation. It's an invitation to everyone who hears it. It's a reminder that, in fact, God has sent his long-promised Messiah into this world. He actually entered time and space. He was born in a place you can visit today. And he was more than a human king. He was deserving of worship. He was the rightful king of every human being created by God. He is our rightful king. The question is, how have you responded to him? 
Have you responded as the Magi did? With extreme joy? Is he your chief joy in life? Have you responded by submitting joyfully your life, willingly to his lordship, and acknowledging his right over your life? And have you responded by honoring him with everything, your relationships, your jobs, everything you do, whether word and deed, do all to the glory of God? Have we honored him with our lives? As we celebrate Christmas this year, I hope you will remember that this is the essence of what we celebrate. Your rightful king has come, and he deserves, in fact, he demands your love and adoration. I would like to close with uh, something personal, and then I'll go into prayer. We'll end the service. Um, these things come naturally when this king invades and affects your life, when he gives you a new heart, when you sense his love for you, and you, know, and, and you sense the peace that he gives you, that his spirit is in you, and every day that relationship with this king continues to grow and continues to flourish and it changes your life 100%. He's given us His Word. He's given us hope. He's given us peace. He has given us joy. He's given us everything to live this life to the glory of His name. For He is our King, and He is my King. And we have come today to worship Him. Let me pray. Our Father, we thank you for this amazing account. We thank you for the picture of your grace lived out in the lives of these wise men that didn't really come seeking Christ, but came because you were seeking them and you were seeking us, Lord. And you rescued them and you made them true worshipers of your Son, Father, thank you for those of us here whom you have sought out in grace and made your own, that you have adopted us into your family as children of God. May we this Christmas season celebrate our Lord. May we find our joy in him. May we again affirm our willing submission to his lordship in our lives. And may we honor him with the best gifts that you have given us, our very own lives. And Father, I pray for those who are undoubtedly here this morning who have not yet acknowledged their rightful king. May this be the season when they do, as the wise men did. All come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, their newborn king. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.